I don't really want to get gonorrhea, though. Like, that doesn't sound pleasant. But also, I'm at the end of my life, so might as well, right? <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dyser, and I'm joined, as always, by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. <laughs> We write for CinemaSins and TVSins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. What the duck, Danae? Yeah. I was going to do the whole show as a duck, but I just changed my mind. (laughs) That is simultaneously the best and worst idea I've ever heard. Um, That would would be hilarious. It would get old very fast, and then it would get funny again, and then Christian Shaw is a horse, and we'd have to figure out uh, exactly how funny it was. it's good to see you guys. It's good to see you too. your lovely faces, to hang out, talk about uh, Sin stuff like we do. It's good to see our Sin Club members in the live chat. Uh, if you would like to be uh, part of that, we actually stream live video of this show to our Sin Club members at the peeper level and above. Um, so if you want to check out all those details, you can certainly check out the Sin Club de- details at patreon.com slash Sin Club, and uh, very exciting to uh, to have you here live with us and uh, enjoying what's going on. So, so yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about the Sin Side Scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we are sending in general. Uh, we'll start with commercial sins. Denny's Mannerpuss uh, brings us. Oh, I thought you were calling Denny Denny there for a second. I did too. I did too. I'm called Denny so much. This is Denny's Nannerpuss no. I'm talking about no. today. No. No. I just now realized how no. that sounded. That was not intentional. I believe you. I, after I, believe I said you. it. I believe you. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about this very strange, uh, mm-hmm. banana mm-hmm. octopus, um, yeah. on a stack of pancakes or. So let's start by this. Someone decided on the team that it would be a good idea for Danae to assign commercial sins for the team for a little while. Mm-hmm. So rather than it being sort of a, Hey, if you see a commercial, send the commercial, add it to the folder. We'll get to it. We kind of shifted gears into more of what we do with TV sins and commercial sin or TV sins and uh, cinema sins where we have assignments. And so I went through and watched 30, I think, commercials. And I with the filter of who on the team do I think would enjoy sending this, you know, (laughs) kind of. Oh, I thought it was random. Now I'm really curious why you assigned the couple to me. I looked at the first two you assigned to me. I have questions. (laughs) So the first thing I should say is that the pool that I pulled from for this part, part of the commercial sins experiment that we're in, um, were all fan suggested. So I, uh, the first time we launched commercial sins, there was a lot of feedback, both on YouTube, but specifically on Twitter. And I just started copying and pasting all of them. And I thought it would be fun to start there so that the fans, you know, if they're really watching all of them, Mm -hmm. that they get to see that we did do what they asked. And so, yeah, the pool was a really interesting pool to pull from. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, I just watched it. And and when I saw an interpuss, 
I instantly knew it needed to be Jeremy. <laughs> yep, Jeremy wrote on this one, uh, and when I say wrote, uh, I mean he wrote the editors a nice, yeah. nice little paragraph of what. To, I can't wait to, to hear your favorite sins from this one. <laughs> Not that like, I haven't said that before. Now, <laughs> guys, did you know that the puss stands for octopus? In I did not know that, Aaron. Whoa, Thank you. Whoa, <laughs> this is gonna make no sense. Uh, just, just to let those listening to the podcast know, there may be some outtakes where we already <laughs> talked about Nanerpuss, uh, possibly. Yeah. So, yes. How can you not talk about Nanerpuss? It's like it's Nanerpuss. Uh, I'd, I'd never heard of this, by the way. Had any? Had either no, of you? No, I hadn't. I, I mean, don't remember. That's this. not a surprise that I hadn't well, seen a commercial. Well, it, but yeah. well, and it looks like this was another one where it kind of like I guess uh, for different reasons, but I guess kind of like that Kylie Jenner one or whatever we we did. You know, it aired on a Super Bowl and then it it never aired again. Like they never. It, yeah. It was supposed to be like a mascot or something, and I guess there was so much bad. A reaction to it that it is like eh, we're not doing that anymore uh, so what? i have this it was like denny's annoyed i have yeah. this back and forth thing there's what uh jeremy sent in officially he said i have never seen this commercial before now it's horrifying but it's also horrifying from a marketing perspective this is literally quote let's do something so effing weird that people will be disturbed then we slam our logo in their face Skittles ads have been doing this for years, but they're much better at it than Denny's. It's so bad, I didn't even write any sins. I just wrote a trilling sin counter noise and ordered over 4,000 sins to be attributed. There's not much reason for me to say anything more here uh, than I did in the video itself. Um, his notes to the editors are the other side of this. Like, I kind of want to read them because it's well, there was one, the, so funny. The one part I definitely wanted to read because there's already been quite... This actually, when we record this, isn't live. Commercial Sins doesn't go live until after we record uh, Behind the Sins. But there's already some comments from the Sin Club members who have seen it already about, like, why this number? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And I just want to tell you, he addresses that in the notes he wrote to the editors... Uh, he says, let's have it result in something like 4,358 sins, give or take. Give or take. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean give or take? You just gave just such a specific number. Somewhere uh, in so that ball. The answer is no. It just came out of the randomness of Jeremy's brain uh, in that regard. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So yeah. I just, so I read, I was reading this article about Nanerpuss because I had looked at this earlier and it, it said that when Denny's tried to capitalize on Nanerpuss by giving the character his own Twitter account, it backfired. With Nanerpus tweeting increasingly disturbing and inappropriate thoughts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like Denny's was really trying to latch on to social media because at the same time you had stuff like uh, the Burger King, uh, the creepy King character, you know, mm. and then there was something else that was mentioned, and th these were like creating memes and gifs and stuff. So I or gifs, whatever. So I think that Denny's was trying to capitalize on that and trying to kind of work their own into that and yeah. Where that's usually just a not, that's usually just a happy accident when stuff like that happens, but Denny's was trying to create it and it just kind of backfired on him. Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. That's uh, the name. Yeah, I don't. I don't have much else uh, to say. I thought it. You know, I find these funny and clever. We do. You know, we've we've done them with music video sins uh, before. That kind of thing. Um, any short, like short, short content like that, I think you can can have some fun with it. But um, uh, but yeah, those are my thoughts. Did you guys have anything? I just else? wrote. Because I guess because I, I the way I do my notes I have like I have bold and underlined whatever I'm talking about mm -hmm. the commercial sins nanopos and then under that I'll start with one and I have to write a note and since I couldn't just leave it blank because I'm a weirdo I just wrote funny. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you know? Do you know what I did? Because I typed notes next to mine. My yeah. note just says funny stuff. So <laughs> listen. We're, Mine we're... just says stuff. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be yeah. incredible. This was one where when I watched, I was like, I really appreciate this. Mm-hmm. It's clever and unique. And you're watching it going, am I just rewatching the commercial? And then there's a reaction. Part of me wanted to, you know, work in conjunction with the editors mm-hmm. so that every time the little arm flapped up, there was like a flinging of sins that were just flinging around the screen, you know, and like really do mm-hmm. something but it's just so disturbing and it happens so quickly it's a uh, yeah. yeah yeah it's it's the perfect reaction uh sins so yeah. fun stuff it just goes to show we like to have fun and change things up from time to time indeed 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 let's move into tv sins brooklyn 99 is back so we send another brooklyn 99 episode final season uh yeah they they announced it's the final bad. or they're yeah it- no, it's the final season. Okay. The new season is the yeah. It's the final season. I think they. I mean, and I think a lot of you know when all the uh, just a, a lot of real life stuff happened to where I think they were having a hard time figuring out how they could be you funny. Know, still be funny, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I guess we'll see what they do on the final season. But it's it's I get it, but it's also kind of sad. But um, such a great have, show. Yeah, such you a have great to show. Just like say goodbye at some point in time. Yeah, you do. Yeah, there's always you an do. end for things. And this yeah. is and this is a show that has fought to survive. I mean, it's switched networks mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. was yeah. it the fan yeah, I mean, base that brought it back? Do I remember that correctly? No, this it's, was well, no, I, they they played it like that a little bit. But honestly, okay. this was something where the production company wanted to move it to their own network anyway. So they gotcha. were not upset when, you know, NBC okay. or whichever direction it went. Um, okay. Well, and I think, I, just, I mean, networks are just changing, having to change so much because of just, you know, not as many people are watching them. So they're having mm-hmm. to. And I mean, you used to, I, I don't know why this ever happened, but you used to have like Fox would air a show that CBS owned. I've, right, I've yeah. never even understood why they would do that, but that mm-hmm. happened all the time. Um, and I don't think it happens as much anymore because, uh, as little revenue as they're getting, they don't want to lose more. Well, you know, and then and you add so. in like streaming rights and that kind of stuff. And you're yeah. like, you know, yeah. um, it, it's better if we just own the, the whole kit and caboodle and then we can have it on our streaming site yep. forever. And yeah, yeah, you're seeing a lot less of that. But yeah, it wasn't it, it. I think it was kind of understood. That's what was happening even when it was canceled. I don't think there was very much yes. time at all where they thought they were going to no, be done. No, it was. So. It was immediate. Yeah. Um, so we did the Pontiac Bandit Returns. This was episode 10 of season two, a Doug Judy episode, which are some of the fan favorite episodes. <laughs> Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. Uh, this was a Dicer Hughes script. Danae and I writing on this one. It was written Deuce. approximately 7,000 years ago. <laughs> it was, that is worth mentioning, I guess. We did write I mean, this a long time ago. So long ago. I'm, I'm like, it's one of those that we've just had done that, I keep looking over going, when can I archive this Slack channel? <laughs> when are we going to finally post this video? Yeah, I can so tell that behind like, the scenes. I can tell that story from why that happened if if that if you think people find that interesting. And that's why they're here. Okay. okay so basically what happened was uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine has been a successful show for us, so we wanted to do some more of them. Uh, we put this one on the schedule as, you know, one to do. And it just so happened to go on the schedule right at the same time as we were trying to, um, like it it happened to land in production right at the same time that we were trying to get ahead and do like, you know, things to, to keep going. And then in that process, we learned the debut date of the new season and we were like, well, it makes sense to drop it with the new season. So then we pushed it even further back. 
you know, a couple months even further back. So it just kind of rode the wave to eventually yeah. be tentpoled with the new season. Yeah. We we locked the script on in May. Mm hmm. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. It's just been sitting there waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's three months. I do every now and yeah. then I'll see something get archived and I'll be like, man, when did we do that? Like, did they just forget about it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh my gosh, just sitting here forever. Uh, Danae, why don't you kick us off? What are your, some some of your thoughts on watching this episode, if you can remember, and uh, some of your favorite sins? Yeah, this is one where I, as a as a person who do, I don't watch the show, I'm obviously missing context a, uh, a little bit with the Pontiac Bandit returns. Obviously, mm -hmm. I missed the first time that this was a thing, but obviously there's a recurring character than uh, this recurring interaction. And so I kind of had to just put on my pretend face like, oh, ha -ha, it is so funny. Um, the rapport back and forth between uh, Peralta and the Pontiac Bandit, I mm -hmm. think was meant to be really funny. I just didn't find it funny. At oh, all. it didn't work for you. Well, but I don't have any idea of where it came from. Before. Right. I think I think the idea is is that you've got these certain characters that come in for guest appearances. And this is just a fun. It's a fun one, you know, where he kind of keeps getting away and he keeps escaping but it makes no sense that he would be able to escape and right. if the idea is that they both like that the this brooklyn 99 they both do a really good job at their job sometimes but then they also fail miserably sometimes this is an example where you shouldn't have it both ways because if the entire police department is dependent upon this one sting operation going well mm -hmm. they would not have let anything like what we saw happen happen right. So it, yeah. it requires us to suspend and and you know just not ask questions and go along for the ride while also saying, well, then just make this a, not the most important bust. Make this not the most important thing that, that is happening in the police department right now. There's It seemed like there's so much riding on the bust of this case uh, and the Pontiac bandit or whatever, you know, ruins it. Um, so it just didn't work for me. And I, I, I kind of get bummed about that, but it was fun to sin too, the, which those types of, types of things make it easy. I also am, am missing the context of these characters. Like uh, what was the B story here that the two of them, they're like their parents are falling in love or something. Mm -hmm. What were their names? Yeah. I can't um, remember the names of the characters. Uh, yeah. It's slipping my brain right now. The Joel yeah. Trulio character and uh, Diaz. Yeah. 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 So the fact that like the, there's this sort of story of these two people that kind of don't get along, but their parents are dating and they're exchanging a gift. Um, even but that they, those characters dated on the show, right? Were they dating right. at this that point? Was, that was the whole oh. point. Yeah. The whole point was that they, they're this weird couple that just happened somehow. And now their parents are, you know, together. Yeah, one, after of my, that. And one of my least favorite parents. So it's just, it's the, just strange on the series. Yeah. Both actors are awesome and the characters play off each other. Well, it was just pairing them up in a relationship. Just, I don't know. It didn't work, but it happens. Yeah. Well, that's the part too, is I'm watching it going that to me, this seems like an episode that really leans into these are the, these are the character traits of these, uh, individuals of the show. And so we're just going to play into these archetypes ideas mm -hmm. and not really give substance but I don't know if Brooklyn Nine-Nine is really a substance show because I don't watch it. So I'm kind of missing a lot. But anyways, um, some of my one of my favorite sins was this one, uh, the um, about old people going to an old person's home. And yeah. the sin is old people are having uh, more sex than you. My understanding is that nursing homes are basically eating jello and having orgies. And often they're all out of jello. And my comment is. 
how the fuck do you know about this <laughs> person who wrote this then, Aaron? And uh, <laughs> and we shall find out in keeping tabs. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, and also at the time of writing this script, a long time ago, um, I wrote a sin series. Uh, the lead-in was like, uh, they're working on their backstory. The, the Pontiac Bandit and um, Peralta are working on their cover story for them going undercover together. And they're just playing off of each other back and forth. And it just turns into this big thing where they're talking about one of them having been birthed by basically Zeus is their father. And it's just this elaborate kind of backstory that's entirely unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a sin about that being character development for Dungeons and Dragons. And at the time it was my favorite Dungeons and Dragons joke. So when I wrote down my notes to prep for BTS, I wrote, this is my favorite D and D joke so far. Which is no longer true. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a million since then. We've done in multiple. Fact, in the other episode this week. I'm going to say pairing it up against Loki and it's on a different level now. Um, I love that the comments will pull those things out. So we'll talk about that some more too. But uh, yeah, I kind of got a chance to write a That's little great. bit on my thoughts in the moment. But going back and watching it, one of my favorites is the Christmas tree pyro person who mm-hmm. just blew their load because they were so excited about lighting up a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. Like there's just a little thing that tips over and the tree instantly ignites in this massive fashion. And I just had this idea that the people that were on set that day were absolutely like delighted. Today's the day we're going to light some shit on fire guys. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, like, it was just insane. So anyway, Uh, I love Brooklyn nine, nine. I think I've talked about it before. Uh, I love the Doug Judy episodes. I do find these two together to be really fun. They're just, they're both, they're kind of fun because they're mirrors of each other, right? Like the Craig Robinson character, the Doug Judy character is almost like Peralta's mirror image in the crime world. Like he's goofy. He has fun. Um, you know, he's kind of a man child, but somehow is also good at his job. Like, you know, there's, they kind of mirror each other, uh, in a lot of ways. And so I, I like their relationship. Um, and I enjoyed this episode, uh, some sins that, uh, that I wanted to mention. Danae noticed the football powder, uh, and that That was was on Scully's desk. And I, (laughs) when you pointed that out, I laughed so hard because that's such a great joke football powder like foot it's also it's foot powder or ball powder like it's just i love that so um so i wanted but to you mention help, that one. i think you tweaked that one because i was i was mostly thinking about it being just ridiculous that you would have powder on your desk at all right and then you pointed out the foot and ball part of it and i was like uh-huh. oh that's even funnier than i thought which is my problem all the time <laughs> accidental brilliance on my part I get credit for stuff I should not get credit for. I'm just saying. Uh, I loved that one. And then I had another one where it was like uh, the brown toesing. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, it just, it feels like that should be a thing. And so it's another one of those examples where I'm like, let's make this a thing. You're, if you're not, a, the opposite of a brown noser is a brown tozer. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Instead of sticking your nose up someone's butt, you're uh, sticking your foot up their butt, um, which I think is, is hilarious. So anyhow, wanted to mention that one as well. We should start that. Yep. You're such a brown toaster. You're so mean. It's the lasso thing all over again. Uh, Jonathan, uh, what about you? What were some of your uh, thoughts? I, yeah, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This, this episode, I mean, I don't know that this is... I, I mean, yeah, the Doug Judy stuff's always funny. I like... I more than anything, though, I like Rosa and Peralta when they're paired up. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a great combination. The actors play off each other really well. Is Rose the serious one? The yeah, serious? she's like the okay. tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
And I mean, they they do pair them up every now. And then. I mean, it's not like it's uncommon, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like as the show got older, like it as the show went on, it became more like Rosa and Amy. You know, it'd be something like that. So they kind of got away. But but Rose and Peralta are like you know they I don't know they just play off those two actors play off well of each other, and it's just they're two fun characters to yeah. see in action together. Uh, but yeah, no, I love the show. Um, and this was a good episode. Uh, as far as the sins, um, uh, Danae mentioned a little bit about the tree light, the tree lighting on fire. I just, I really enjoyed all about that sin. Like somebody in the special effects department hit a blowtorch in the branches and, you know, blew the fucking pyro load to excess. Uh, I like the whole thing about nursing homes and eating jello and orgies. And, uh, <laughs> they often run out of jello because it was used for the orgies. And then, uh, and I just love the announcing your favorite hand while your other hand is right there and can hear you. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like playing favorites. Your other hand's right there, man. You can't, you can't say that. That's a very parent thing. Like, you, you know, like you can't tell your kid they're your favorite when the other kid's there in the room. That's not okay. Uh, Isn't there a Jewel song about that, I think? Is there? Something about hands. Could be. And... Could be. All right, let's move on to Loki, episode three, season one. Lamentis is the name of the episode, and this was a Hughes Whittington script. Uh, Whittington, a nice little Whitting Whitting Hughes uh, script. So you and Ian writing on this one. Did Ian have anything to say about the episode or the sins? Mm-hmm. Yep, and I actually glanced at it this time. Um, so just a quick fuck you to Ian, but we're gonna just <laughs> jump right in. Uh, Ian says, ah, Loki. Loki's my favorite of the Marvel TV shows so far, and I loved WandaVision. It took me a little to get past the fact that we join our protagonist minutes after a story where he plays a mass murderer, but I got there eventually. Tom Hiddlestone, he writes, is so freaking charismatic, I would watch him read the ingredients from a packet of biscuits and still be thoroughly entertained. The show itself is a great balance of mystery, magical action, quippy dialogue, and oh, so juicy, timey-wimey goodness. I am pumped that we're getting a season two. Uh, in terms of sins, my favorite part of the script was Danae accidentally herself into a crucial plot point. The sin is criticizing Sylvie for not using the whoosh-away rods before we even knew they whooshed away their victims. Oh my God, I did that, Yego me, I'm the best. Look at me being all smart and amazing and shit. This is what I imagine Danae is saying right now, <laughs> partially because I, wow, I didn't read that part. Partially because I know she's reading this in the moment and not ahead of time, penis. I did read the penis part. Thank you, Ian, for making me say that. I have to give a shout out to my favorite sin that I wrote on this and possibly the best thing I have ever written to date, which was, being thrown through a train window before your intended stop after drinking too much alcohol or predestination station defenestration, whatever. Yeah, post interest, if you will. <clears throat> You're welcome for botching that, Ian. And Aaron, as always, nailed the delivery. Danae did not. That one took a lot longer to put together than I would care to admit, but I loved it. It was great. It was great. Yes. I had that one down. Which as well. one was it? Which one did Aaron nail? Because I could not, I couldn't understand what Danae was saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> the predestination station defenestration post intoxication. Oh yeah, if yeah, you, you did. If you will, you did definitely you know that. I would have been able to do that either. Danae. <laughs> yeah. The key. Yeah. The key with Defen- those def- def- defend defend that one. I I think I put too many. It's letters such a in great word, and as a word nerd, it's one of my favorite words because you would not think there was a word for throwing someone through a window, but no, there but is defend- a defend. Is it defenestration? <laughs> yes, that literally means throwing That's what that someone. Means? Yes, 
Like okay, I didn't know that. Yes. Um, so it's just it's this beautiful word that not enough people use. So I want to say defenestration, well, yeah, but it's defenestration. <laughs> I'm sorry. You should throw somebody through a window. That's why people don't use that. Now I wish that Eddie Murphy said that word in Beverly Hills Cop. But yeah. uh, so according to Google, the formal or humorous is the act uh, action of throwing someone out of a window. Mm-hmm. The informal definition is the action of dismissing someone from a position of power or authority. There you go. But yeah, and now you know. Defenestration, such a great word. And sometimes yeah. people just deserve to be defenestrated. You know what I mean? Here's the best part of that. I was the lead on this one, and I was like, "Yeah, whatever." And I just put it in the <laughs> script without checking it off. I didn't look it up. I was just like, "That's over my head, and I don't care." <laughs> but it was great for me. The like the the thing is the narrator that I try to do with those kind of things is not just to read the words, but actually know what they mean and say the sentence like you know mm-hmm. what you're saying like that's the trick right it's not just to do the tongue twister but to do in a way that that actually makes sense with the words that you're given so yeah it's a fun little i love those little challenges those little tasks they're fun yeah that was super super fun what about you today um yeah i this was the this was the episode where i thought okay 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 i'm starting to potentially have a little bit of fun here because we're learning more about who this mystery you know second loki is mm-hmm. um but it just seemed like not a lot happened, uh, which happens in multiple episodes of Loki. Um, and then the last 10 minutes of this one just murdered me. Like there was so much that didn't happen happening in the last 10 minutes of that action sequence. And so it may be one of my least favorite episodes of the series, um, even though I think it's really beautiful to look at. Uh, when when I'm going back and I'm just watching the Sins video and just the the universe that they're building, you know, getting to kind of go to these different places using the temp pad and portals and such and, and visiting apocalyptic worlds. That's mm. a really interesting thing. And to see a giant, you know, planet and moon about to crash into each other is really interesting also. Um, and I, 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 I say this, I feel this way truly in this moment. This might be one of my favorite scripts that I've ever put together um, because I was having fun and I felt like I was in the zone I really enjoyed the uh, sins that I kind of like nice. threw out and I really enjoyed what Ian did as well. There was some, I was really glad that he pointed out uh, like um, when Sylvie says uh, no one makes it out of here as if she was surprised, you know, Ian points out, well, isn't that the whole point of this? So he was really able to kind of dig into some of the plot points while also just bringing it up and having a lot of fun. Like the, uh, where are you going to find one point? Two one gigawatts at this hour like that's a reference i would have never thought of but it works really really well here mm-hmm. um so we also got to zing the narrator on this one like there's so many dif- different kind of things we got to sort of do with the script that made sense for this episode so it was like almost a perfect petri dish for a sins video because we really got to just run the gamut of sins including bringing in some dungeons and dragons sins talking about disguise spells and uh feats and things like this that if you go and look at the comments, there's just a whole bunch of D&D nerds finding each other in our TV Sins comments. And I love that we have had a chance to mm-hmm. sort of open that up a little bit because we're trying to craft those Sins like maybe the narrator could be a D&D nerd. Maybe he doesn't know what's going on. It's not incredibly specific. Um, it could be an accident in a way, mm-hmm. uh, but it's getting more obvious as time goes on. Um, I think that that's just kind of happens as we've been able to just test the waters with doing some D and D stuff. I think um, after, uh, I think I shadowed on this one, um, yes, because you did. I, I remember 
reading this and throwing out, are are we maybe maybe going a little too much with the D&D stuff? And then both of you were like, no. no. And I was like, okay, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing that every the CinemaSin staff needs to know is if Ian and Danae are on a script together, there will be a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> reference and we will fight for it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we're both massive D&D nerds. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think uh, what you told me, I think the way you sold it to me was especially with a show like this it makes so much sense and so yeah that there needs to be you know a bunch and, and you're there's right gonna be and there's... A, there's gonna be a reference to it somehow like th- it is a sinful moment like for example when loki impersonates this guy that he just happened to see in a picture that is interesting right like you mm-hmm. because you look like someone but how did he emulate the voice how did he know what that person sounded like without ever having heard his voice that is yeah, that questionable at mm-hmm. best so there is an actual spell in Dungeons and Dragons, and there's a feat that you can take to mimic someone's voice perfectly. So there's a a perfect reference that we can pull from that explains why this moment is sinful using Dungeons and Dragons as the base. Yeah. So and and it was perfect for that. Um, I mentioned a lot of sins, but I really loved all of the urgency sins that mm. were kind of mentioned, and we sprinkled them throughout from different perspectives uh but one of the uh i loved hearing aaron sing that was like the like what a perfect lead-in um for uh singing in the rain slash strolling on the moon um the quip at the end of did the whole of canada just move to this moon i thought was brilliant and then um loki would be sylvie at tv sins was just brilliant so yeah i had that one down i love that one. super super good shit uh jonathan why don't you continue with your thoughts yeah, I think what Danae was touching on too about the this one felt like nothing happened. I, I think one thing about this series that irritated me was it's only six episodes, so it's not like it's horribly long, but this show could have been like three or four episodes. Like this episode could have been like twenty minutes of an episode, you know, mm-hmm. and then and then maybe show some TVA stuff and go from there. As far as this episode goes, though, I mean I didn't like it, but uh Sophia Di Martino is easily my favorite thing about this show. Um uh the one one of the few bright spots for me. So this is our first episode. We really get to see her mm-hmm. as Sylvie, yeah. and uh, so so I, I I liked a lot of that. Um, I mean I, I liked I liked watching her. So you know that was that was a so if I'm gonna spend this with a positive, that would be a mm-hmm. positive for me. As far as the sins, Danae mentioned a few of them. I do I love like and I feel like I'm trying to remember what show that was. Oh, it was Mandalorian where we did a lot of helmet sins because. <laughs> So I and I know that wasn't the intention here, but I just I just I just helm like I'm discovering the way they use helmets and TV shows and movies is just fascinating. It's so to weird. Me. It is weird. Why would yeah. you punch a helmet? I know. And then so here you have she punches a helmet, he punches a helmet, and really, what are helmets for anymore? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I also enjoyed you pointing out this futuristic grocery store has security cameras that track plot related people through the parking lot. Amazing. Total bullshit, but amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, other than that, I had a couple things Danae mentioned. So that was kind of all I had. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Danae. Uh, this was one where the dialed back conversational thing that Loki does a lot uh, is prominent. And I started to think I may not actually long term going to be enjoying this show. And then it brought me back with some conceptual and some plot things. I think the next episode where I was like totally back in and then by the end I was, you know, loving it but this this episode was a turning point for me in that like it could have gone either way after this uh where i was like "Ah, i you know 
But looking back, I like a lot of what they set up in this episode. Um, you could say the crux of the main thematic plot about loving yourself, accepting yourself, accepting who you are happens in their conversation on Lamentus. Um, but it is very wordy and it's very, you know, dialogue heavy. Um, the nice thing about it, though, is it's always gorgeous to look at. And I think you mentioned that as well. This episode may be my favorite visually. There are some visuals on Lamentus that are just absolutely mind blowing. So, um, so anyways, yes, I, uh, I, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said uh, as far as this episode goes. And you guys mentioned all the sins that I was going to talk about. Um, well, there was one, was this the one, since you mentioned all the other ones, was this the one that had like the narrative go, let's talk about the villain's plan. And then, um, somebody interrupts and says the plan. Yeah, that was really clever and fun too. I like it when we can kind of turn those, uh, on their heads. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like shut up, Sylvie. I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you interrupt me one more time, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, let's move on to music video sins. Silk Sonic Skate. Boom. There's oh. a lot of alliteration there. A lot of a lot of alliteration. So is this like I didn't really look into it. Is this a band that Bruno Mars is a part of? Correct. Because it didn't With, say featuring Bruno Mars. No, right? they it, made a band together. I think there was a sin about this confusion. Um, yeah, yeah, Silk Sonic is Bruno Mars in Anderson Pox band. Uh, I believe is my understanding. Um, so yes, and the song is called Skate. Uh, what did Barrett have to say about this one? Barrett said, Bruno Mars is a talented artist. Anderson Pete, pa- pa- what was it? Pock, I think. Pock is a wrong. pretty pretty brilliant artist. And they got together with a band, I think it's Bruno's, and just jammed out some <laughs> 70s style R&B tunes. From what I've heard, they're excellent. They're also extremely derivative of, well, 70s style R&B tunes. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that, but it's like listening to a really good Dave Matthews cover band cover Dave Matthews band. I can enjoy it, but I kind of want to hear the real thing. The video is reminiscent of Santana slash Rob Thomas's Smooth from 1999, and I honestly don't know if that's a compliment or Mm. an insult. Smooth is amazing, real quick. Yeah. Throw that out there. Yeah, that's a good tune. Um, I'll go next. I uh, I love this song, by the way. Just on a sonic level, like listening to this song is really fun. It's and I, I anything that Bruno Mars is involved in. When I listen to it musically, I'm just like, this is kind of my jam. Like I love his sense of rhythm, his sense of you know uh, funk and soul, and like I just I dig the Bruno Mars vibe. Um, lyrically and message wise, uh, it's it's really weird for me because I totally get it. It's a but it is, it is just as the video is sinned for, it is a lot about objectification, right? Like this idea of you're so beautiful, you're so hot, I find you so attractive, um, you know, let's get together kind of thing. And Let me trap you in a, in a tower forever. <laughs> I did want to mention that one. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but I, I look at that and I go, look, that is, first of all, natural. That's human. The, you know, finding someone attractive is not wrong. It's not, it's not wrong to look at someone and go, oh, they're hot or, oh, they're attractive. Mm-hmm. So where do you draw, like figuring out as a human, where you draw the line between how you communicate that to someone and what that means to them, right? Because the problem with objectification is if you communicate to that someone, especially a stranger who you don't know, you are communicating to them, you are an object of desire for me you are not a human being uh with a full capacity of qualities and characteristics in your flesh i want to fuck 
So yeah, so and that's where objective objectification comes from is treating someone like an object, and that's what's going on here. Um, was that a line in the song, by the way? Yeah. No. Was it? Yeah. No, I didn't think. Oh. I didn't think it was. I thought that was just. Danae, I was like, wow. See, here's what Danae does. Danae that's goes, forward. <laughs> Danae goes, I hear what Aaron's saying on a philosophical level. Now I'm going to put it on a street just, level. Let me just break this down. Let me break this Your down. What flesh, he's... I want to fuck. That's, that's right. Uh, that's pretty style. straightforward. Yeah, crude, yeah. It's a very crude interpretation. Even me who cannot read signs or signals <laughs> at all. I would get that. I'd be like, okay, oh, gotcha. I'm gotcha. On, on the same page. So, so that is that is an interesting conversation for me to have. Is about objectification, what that means, how we avoid treating each other like objects and instead treat each other like full human beings, while at the same time embracing what desire is, what sexuality is, like all those kind of things. Or what appreciation is. I mean, you can appreciate I mean, beauty. At the very least, ask her how she feels when she skates. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Is she having a good? It looks like she's having a great time. Compliment her skills as a skater. Those skaters in that video were so cool. There's a couple of Instagrammers I follow. I no, I'm not gonna pull it up, but there's a couple of Instagrammers that I follow, and they just skate. It's so cool. Yeah, I just think we're we are driven uh, by such uh, instincts, whatever you want to call them, that I think it does us well to put a rein on those and to be able to not have the first thing we say ab about an actor, man, they're beautiful, right? Like, you know, to talk about some other things first. And then if you want to appreciate their beauty on a physical level, I think that's fine. But I think it's just a matter of like limiting the way we prioritize attractiveness. Um, and honestly, you can see it uh, more accepted right now, the other direction from women to men, like objectification of men is more accepted in pop culture right now. And I think that's because there's a power imbalance at play. And I think that may actually makes sense to me. I understand it. Like it's, it's not, um, it's not something where I'm like, Oh, that should, you know, if you can't do that, you can't do that. Like it's, it makes sense to me that, that there is a, a power correction going on with the objectification of Ben. Um, but at the same time on a, you know, personal one-on-one -on -one level, I think we all should be interested and careful about how we approach each other on that. But so when I read the lyrics of this song and I listen to the message and I watch the video, I'm just like, yeah, I just I'm not jiving, I'm not jiving with this kind of attitude about um, the idea of someone's attractiveness or it's kind of like if you go to a restaurant and it looks really great and the music is really, really good, but the food sucks. It's like the, the substance of what you're putting out in front of me that I'm supposed to consume doesn't taste good, but the environment looks good because the video is cool to look at mm -hmm. and the, so the sound of the music is fun and, you know, you're kind of bobbing and they're talented. But if the message is trash or whatever, um, or if it's just not appealing to you or doesn't taste right, you're not going to go back to the restaurant right. no matter how great it looks. And, and yeah, I just I just didn't like the song. I didn't really think much more about it beyond that. I just yeah. I didn't like the song and I moved on. Uh, some of the yep. sins uh, actually. I don't know if I have more than one. I have the um, the the tower one that you mentioned because I thought yeah. that was hilarious, and I love <laughs> that it ended with writing lyrics must be hard. Um, I know that whole run was my favorite. Yeah. like it was a uh, using medieval punishment as a pickup line, mm -hmm. right into writing lyrics must be hard, uh -huh. <laughs> and then and then followed up by um, uh, these ladies are remaining so cool about being objectified. I hope that uh, I hope they made bank off of the video appearance. I just thought, I thought he did a good job of like mm -hmm. poking fun at the objectification. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Jonathan, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? 
Well, I mean, going off what you guys said, I did write down his zero reason we needed a close up on this woman's crotch. I thought that was a good sign. <laughs> and then uh, Bruno is so obviously horny now that he might as well be banging his conga drum with his dick. I thought that was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that well was said. that was a Barrett sin. Well said. Yeah. Today, uh, I've already mentioned mine. All right, let's move into cinema sins. We have got Tom and Jerry up what first. What the fuck is this movie? Uh, have you seen it? What is no. this movie? Okay. No, that's why I'm I've, asking you a question. Okay. I know you no, no, have. No, no. What I have the hell it. is this? I have seen it. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I can answer your question in any kind of satisfactory, uh, satisfactorily. Well, real satis- quick, so satis- satisfactorily? Satis- so do they just have all the animals are animated? Like every animal? They don't have like right. live action animals Correct. in this universe? Correct. Okay. Yes, they're animating all the animals um, as a way so to justify. So are they justify. seeing them as animated? Is it like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit scenario? The movie, or they don't really, they don't point it out. Listen, they have to be, right? Because yeah. the they're seeing the things they do as animated creatures. So I would think they would have to be seeing them as animated. Um, yeah, I think they're seeing what we're seeing. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know how. <laughs> I felt like I had like. When I was watching this, I felt like I just had a stroke or something and was like smelling it's the terrible. color purple. Yeah, it's terrible. I, I, I had no idea what was going on. This That's was, a really weird uh, way to put that, but I don't know what to say. This was, was a uh, Chris and Daniel script. Um, I'd love it was to a hear, funny video, though. It's a very funny video. I would love to hear what uh, Chris and Daniel have to say about this. Chris wasn't able to write in this week, but Daniel says, uh, general thoughts on Tom and Jerry are there are two different games of cat and mouse, quote unquote, <laughs> at work in this film. The first being Tom and Jerry and the second being Terrence and Kayla. While the setup is pretty sound, it never paid off in a satisfying way for me. A lot seems to happen on screen, but the story and the characters feel motionless. We are expected to care about these characters, but never presented with good reason to do so. Everyone is trying to make it uh, in New York, and they all have a little concern for morals and ethics or human decency. And Tom and Jerry have little concern for laws. Their plans to screw each other over don't work out, so they decide to work together instead. Not because it makes sense, but because it's a kid's movie. The lesson learned ultimately feels contrived. Additionally, the combination of real-world and cartoon consequences made it difficult to suspend disbelief because of uh, because other aspects of the whole real-world slash cartoon world interaction didn't uh, seem to follow the same logic. For example... Kayla loses her job because two cartoon characters run into her in this world. How is that kind of stuff not expected? Seems like patience would be required not to lose your mind in this world. Regarding the wedding subplot, Prita and Ben made little to no effort to save their own relationship. I give that marriage one to two years tops. <laughs> Lastly, <laughs> I do feel that the blending of live action and animation was pretty good. There is one scene where Tom is out in the rain and I felt the way his 2D body interacted with the 3D rain was executed well. Um, for on writing, uh, this one was fun as I was trying to write a sin for the moment in the film. I was like, um, I'm overthinking this. Then it was just a matter of seeing how far I could go with overthinking it, taking it to a place where the narrator was not only annoyed, but seemingly inconsequential, uh, three point landing. Um, but the, uh, but he was really deeply hurt. So that was the three-point landing. One, I love which that. I, I wondered if I that loved. was Daniel because he did something similar on a TV since script where he had the narrator get all introspective about something. I, yeah. I love it. There's a real style thing. He 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 has a uh, a poetic style that he goes into that is uh, that I really like. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it is. It's fun because um, uh, we all have our own voice and our own kind of writing style, and to have new writers kind of beginning to sprinkle in and this philosophical sort of pause mm-hmm. it was really unexpected 
And it was a it was a it was a fun moment too because the three point landing thing is just it's used a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's is used this, a lot. So is this really even much of a Tom and Jerry movie? Because it doesn't feel yeah. like it from the video. And I don't even really know how you make a Tom and Jerry movie. I feel like that's probably something that works better as a you know a five minute short or right? whatever. That's yeah, that's the whole point. It'd be uh, like making a Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote movie. Mm-hmm. More on kind of uh, Daniel uh, in writing, he also adds, uh, I secretly love writing coffee-related sins, mm. which he does in an episode coming up. So I love learning this because he actually writes a coffee sin. Uh, he says, this past year, I became interested in all of the different ways people brew coffee. French press, mocha pot, percolator, drip, etc. It turns out this is a really personal thing for a lot of people. I read this article about making espresso and theories regarding the fines migration. It's believed that fine coffee particles move during the brewing process, ultimately affecting flavor. And when I saw the coffee maker in the Rube Goldberg machine, I couldn't resist the opportunity. Ended with a, I don't care because that's what the narrator would say. And it's funnier. But the truth is, I do care. And I don't know why. (laughs) Um, Uh He says his favorite sin in closing was uh, written by Chris movie was building tension from nothing. And I loved how it begins with sarcastic uh, continuation of the movie's own nonsense logic. The sin is, yeah, because when an angry bride crosses a bridge, you can't change her mind. (laughs) I love this one so much. Even so, she couldn't even get back in Manhattan if she wanted to. Seriously, they make it sound like once she makes it to the bridge, she'll instantly be on a plane. There's like 30 more minutes of traffic before they hit JFK. And then there's the usual airport nonsense. What the fuck does a bridge have to do with anything? Um, And that was the sin that he said was his favorite. That's awesome. Uh, Danae, why don't you kind of continue with your your thoughts on that? Or should I go first since I've seen it? Maybe I should go first since I'm the one that's seen it. Um, The movie is just as weird and and dumb as it looks in this video. Um, It's, yeah, yeah. It's just so strange that there's n- there's nothing to really grab onto, and it's just it is a a movie that I think is designed only to appeal to children. Like I think that's the only audience that would just you know laugh at the slapstick, and you know it just it's not worried about any kind of consistency or anything like that. So um, it's not a great movie. It's definitely not a great movie. Um, some of the sins I like. Uh, you can't press your butt cheeks against the copier and do this mm-hmm. pose. Uh, I <laughs> thought was was very hilarious. Um, enjoyed that one. The uh, let's see, some of these. I think this is the one. Uh, yeah, the three point landing one. Some of these are so long, and I uh, for my preparation, I copy the whole sin. And I'm just like, I yeah. don't think I want to read this whole thing again. But it is it is so good. And um, anyways, it ends with what is left. You say. The faint memory of sweetness and a sin which cannot be forgiven. Um, I just love that very, very much. Uh, I also love the one where the the narrator just keeps like trying to distract the audience, um, and it ends with uh, you know, or this point in space and time having this completely fictional interaction. Uh, you might say you're trying to distract us from the point. And to that, I'd say you are <laughs> I love correct. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of fun stuff here. Um, and then I had to mention like the uh, almost like satanic voice when he goes into, yes, movie, teach the children to lie. <laughs> Tell them there will be no consequences. Uh, <laughs> so great. So good. Uh, yeah. What about you, Jonathan? Um, yeah. I, like I said, I, I haven't seen it. My daughter uh, had no interest in it. So I, I didn't have any interest in watching it on my own. So uh, I did not take it 
I did not take a glance at it when it was on HBO Max earlier this year. Uh, I love the video, though. Um, one of my sins, I, I don't even know that I completely got it, but I just loved the wording of a Rube Goldberg machine without an OK Go song. It's just a rejected MC Escher painting at the bottom of the rhyme. So great. And uh, in the movie, the line is, uh, the I'll make sure you never work in New York City again. And then the sin is, because as an event manager in a hotel, I own this city. <laughs> and I just like that they send that people thinking a dancing mouse is more impressive than a piano playing cat when Jerry mm-hmm. comes in and uh-huh. like steals the spotlight from Tom. It's like, so no, the weird. cat playing the piano would be way more I interesting. I know, it's so weird. <laughs> the, the logic leaps this movie makes, it's like... Can someone act like a, a human experiencing this stuff? I don't know. It's it's strange. It's strange. Danae, yeah. what about you? You guys covered them all. All right, let's move into the X-Files fight. The future, uh, this was the first X-Files movie. Barrett and Jonathan writing on this one. Um, yeah, so what does Barrett have to say? Uh, Barrett didn't have a ton to say on X-Files. He just said, I loved the X-Files with all my heart in the 90s, so I loved the movie when it came out. Then I hated it. Then I watched it again for sense purposes and kind of loved it again. It's hard to look at David Duchovny as Fox Mulder very seriously these days after seeing him in Californication and all that. But it still brought back good memories. And the cast is pretty fucking good. No, he said freaking. And the cast is pretty freaking good. Uh, Lando, Lando is always great. I forgot about Terry O'Quinn. And the guy that plays the Texas cop slash fireman slash minion is excellent. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What are some of your thoughts on the movie and some of your favorite scenes? Um, I was a huge X-Files fan too, which I, th- I think Aaron was as well, right? Oh, yes. Um, yes. So this was, and this came out right after season five. And the first five seasons of this show are pretty glorious. After that, it's a little rocky. I think season six is still pretty strong, but after that, I think it gets a little less interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, but I did watch it till the bitter end because at that point I was a completist. Me too. Um, yeah, and... Um, you know, I I remember liking this movie fine when it came out. I mean, it was one of those things I was so hyped about. I don't think it quite lived up to that. But um, it's really, it's an interesting movie because I don't know how, even though I went back and read Roger Ebert's review of it for some reason, and he made a comment in there about if you didn't watch the show, you'd still be fine. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't have that perspective because I had watched the show, but like, I don't know how you would understand anything that was going on. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that's an interesting kind of movie like to make. This is literally like, just a continuation. It, it literally takes place after season five ends mm-hmm. yeah. and then and season, season six, six picks starts. up at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I think it's really good. I think it's, I think it's like, it feels like a fun X-Files thing. I think the, for at least the first hour or so, uh, that B bugs the hell out of me. It did then. And it really did now. Like when you start like looking into like the, you know, when you're sending it and like, how did that bee stay on her this whole time? And like that ends up being such a major plot point. I just, I don't know why. I don't know. It just, that feels weird. Like, I don't know why they, they did it that way. Just the whole thing. And I don't know anyways. Uh, but overall it's pretty fun. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fun stuff in it. I don't think it, I don't think, I think the comic relief stuff is a little bad at times. Um, I think trying to force in the, the, the relationship was a little weird. Uh, but overall I, I, I find it enjoyable. Um, as far as sins, um, I liked the, uh, the one early on where they're showing the cavemen and it's like, this is honestly the weirdest Geico commercial I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Yep. 
And then um, I loved uh, Barrett wrote this one about, I have a feeling it might be this easy to get into a restricted government area. And pardon me while I down this shot of Evan Williams before I start thinking about that too much. Mm -hmm. And then I've already mentioned the B, just everything we did with that stupid B uh, plot line, I I had a lot of fun with. Yeah. Zanae, why don't you go next? I can't. Uh, I wrote all of my X-Files notes of the things that I enjoyed from the, like the sins video. Mm -hmm. And then my computer crashed. So I lost oh, all no. my show prep for for actually Tom and Jerry and X-Files, though, as you guys are talking about your ones for Tom and Jerry, I was like, yeah, that was the one that I wrote down too. So um, I don't recall what I enjoyed from the video off the top of my head, but I will say I did not watch X-Files um, because it looked scary. <laughs> and so- <laughs> it could be. It could be. Yeah. It's just one of those things where I, I was raised to have a certain sensitivity for scary things. And so I avoid them. Um, even still to this day, there's just, I'm like, I just don't want to, I just don't want to experience fear. And it was more of an edgy like style show. It, uh, fast forward in time. Actually, I don't even remember how old I was when X-Files. Like I wouldn't have been able to even watch that. I don't think. Um, but there's another show that came out. Was it Fringe? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was like in the last decade. Yeah. Right. So when Fringe came out, I started watching that. And I remember the conversations I was having with people about that show seemed to kind of circle around it having an X-Files vibe mm -hmm. to it. Yeah, it was yeah. Um, it was dissed quite a bit for being an X-Files ripoff, which I always thought wasn't fair because it really was its own thing. No, it was its own thing, yeah. but I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, I can understand being a fan of both like I yeah. was. So. Supernatural yeah. is more of an X-Files ripoff than Fringe is. Mm, Neither one maybe. of them deserve that to be like a, ne a huge negative thing, but it, you know. Like, I guess if CW made the X-Files... It, <laughs> right it yes. could be supernatural it, you know obviously they're not they're not federal or anything like they're not right. cops but uh right but yeah no absolutely um yeah. i did think it was interesting too barrett wrote this in about you know they're not just going to go back to monster of the week episodes are they are they i don't know i didn't ask him if that was actually a feeling he had because honestly especially in the later years the monster of the week stuff was a lot more like one like the mythology is what started I started losing interest in, yeah. you know, I even wrote that sin about eventually they say aliens wrote part of the Bible that actually happens. It does like that. Yeah. Is, it's insane. I, I do think after watching fringe, you know, uh, I, I think I probably could go back and watch X files and it would be like, Oh, this isn't that big of a deal, but there's like this tension build to the mystery and things like this that, um, I might have enjoyed on X-Files, but I definitely missed the X-Files train. So yeah. I don't really have well, a ton to add, except for that there was somebody that I went to school with who had red hair and she was called Scully all the time. I remember nice. that. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's man. The only, I mean, that's the only other. Oh, oh, oh. And everyone who liked X-Files had a crush on her after watching I mean, X-Files. How could you not? So, I mean, so it's kind of like she got the, the spillover of the fan base of X-Files. She was like the center of attention because she had so, like short cropped red hair. Julian Anderson is, is one of my favorite actors and um, she's so good. And I mean, and her on this show, it, she's, I mean, Duchovny is excellent. Like I'm not, I'm not knocking Duchovny mm -hmm. at all, but he eventually leaves and she's, she's carrying the show. It's not her fault that it stops working either, but um, I think she's definitely like the best thing that came out of that series was, was her. Cause you know, we've gotten a lot of her and other stuff, yeah. you know? So, yeah, Jillian Anderson, huge crush for me. It's interesting. We were just talking about objectification and the idea of, you know, attraction. She is a beautiful woman, but honestly, the reason I had such a crush on her was her intelligence, like the yeah. her um the way it was just I 
I, there's something about that character. I don't know Gillian Anderson personally, right? But the Scully character and then other characters she has played, I just always find them so intriguing and so um, interesting in that way. So, yeah, that was definitely a thing for she's, me to... Sh- Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say she's she's uh she's really good at acting with her eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. There's just always something like there's something going on. You just you just want to know what it is. So the to say I was an X Files fan is a huge understatement. It is probably <laughs> um probably that in Lost are the two things you could most say. I mean Pixar obviously, but that's not like that's more of a company than a than a thing. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. I am most like fandom guy about. Um, Mm-hmm. We had an X-Files guest room in our first home where we, my wife actually sewed an X-Files bed sheet for the bed. Like the big white X was on the the center oh, of the bed nice sheet. Of and, and I mean, she loved the show too. It was one of our favorites to watch together. And I had a whole bunch of paraphernalia in there and posters. And, you know, like I was a huge fan of the show. I had every episode of this show from every season on VHS labeled and you know straight recorded from nerd! from tv yes oh i had that Sorry. i had that with the next generation and d space <laughs> right. nine so no no this, I, this get is, I get it this is my nerd yell show like i i am definitely that guy um and it was so interesting because x files uh fell at this transition of television between understanding TV as a lower tier storytelling experience that was serial in nature hmm. to becoming more of a um, weak. Like a viable. I'm sorry, that wasn't serial in nature, I should say. To becoming more of like mystery, serialized storytelling. Like a lot of uh, the success of Lost is owed to the X-Files, the idea of having like a week to week mystery. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not saying there weren't shows like this before X-Files. There certainly were. But most even dramas before X-Files were case of the week, thing of the week, you know, reset everything for the next week's story. It was rare. Like, I mean, you could look at stuff like Hill Street Blues was definitely serialized, St. Elsewhere. But that almost fell more under a soap type. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hill Street Blues is not a soap opera. But I'm just saying it took more that kind of structure, whereas X-Files did feel a little a little a little different there were a couple of small like genre shows like sci-fi and horror shows like friday the 13th the series was serialized but like as far as popular mainstream success x-files was definitely like right there I, at the beginning of all that i could talk about this show forever so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to cut myself short but i only mention i only mention that because it struggled in a lot of ways because it didn't know which show it wanted to be you talk about the monster of the week versus the you know the mythology episodes i also was more of a monster of the week person i think i enjoyed more x files as a old school tv show that just brought me a different you know monster of the week for my you know favorite uh, fbi couple to explore like that's what i loved about it i loved their chemistry i loved them figuring out new weird stuff um and those are the episodes i think that have lasted right those are the ones mm-hmm. that people talk about more they don't talk about the specific mythology episodes it's like Jose chung's from outer space Correct. or you know more of the home more of the cockroaches or whatever Car- yeah, co- cockroaches yeah. <laughs> that's a great episode uh, yeah so um so anyhow it was interesting this movie i say all that to say this movie kind of bridged the the gap between here's the story the mythos we wanted to tell and now we're kind of treading water like it was it was like like you said season six was okay but you could tell it was like we're Mm -hmm. just on television now 
because they need to make money off of our show. And so the mythology stuff is just treading water. So Not that there weren't talented people working on it in later seasons, but I do think Chris Carter, what he did, what he got lucky with or was smart about was that the people that he started off with, because I, I, I honestly, I mean, Chris Carter created the show, so yes. I'm not going to like, I, I mean, there is something there, but I, I don't know. I, I find that later seasons where I feel like he took more charge of it and he didn't have like Glenn Morgan and James Wong there. And like these people went off and did other things. Vince Gilligan. Uh, Vince Gilligan. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it did become a little less for whatever reason, you know, and I don't, you know, so I don't know. There's, there's a lot of possibilities there, but yeah. So this movie is a really weird kind of thing where it's like a long episode of the TV show, basically between two seasons, like, um, and I just remember watching it and enjoying it because I love X-Files so much, but also going, I, at the time I was like, okay, this is what they should do now cancel the show, release a movie every couple years. Like, this is how mm-hmm. you continue this story. And I think they kind of wanted to do that uh, after season five. And it just, you know, they just couldn't couldn't pull it off. And so... Well, it was a huge hit at that point. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the first, like, three seasons, it wasn't even much of a hit. Fox just kind of... I don't know. I don't know why Fox kept airing it, which which is kind of funny now to think about that it wasn't a hit because when you look back, it was averaging like 16, 17 million viewers on a Friday night. But back then, that was not a hit. <laughs> uh, now that would be the b- biggest show on network television. The uh, the live chat. How things have changed. The live chat is just like taunting me to keep talking about the X Files because they keep asking <laughs> questions, and I'm just like. I wanted to. I want to tell you about if I was if I was shipping Mulder and Scully, but we have other things that uh... today. Today is going to be like, oh, my power went out again. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys keep talking. I'm just going to get some work done. <laughs> uh, the short the short answer is no, absolutely not. I did not want Mulder and Scully together. The whole romantic part of their relationship was the worst part of their relationship, in my opinion. And um, it showed. And when they, I mean, there was a lot of bad things about that second movie, but that's a yeah. big part of it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So as far as sins go, I loved a lot of this stuff. Uh, donning a blazer while the sleeves of your dress shirt are rolled up. I just felt that on a really, real deep level. Um, you just don't do that. It's just uncomfortable and terrible. Um, mm-hmm. the, the way it brings up the two main issues with the continuation of the X-Files. The fact that if they hated what these people were discovering, why didn't they just eliminate them? They had the power in many different ways to shut shut them down or kill them, and they just never do. And then the other thing is Scully continuing to be to not believe things that she has seen with her own eyes. Like you know, like there's just the show. The show needs them to be believer and skeptic, but at some point, because this stuff is being shown to us as real, Scully has to either accept it or she is the one that's being illogical. Right? She she's supposed to be our grounding, and if she's seeing this stuff. Um. Yeah, it just becomes a little. That weird. was the one problem with her character. Yeah, like the one big problem with her character, the way yep. it was written. Yep. Uh, and then I had to mention conspiracy boobs. Um, conspiracy boobs <laughs> is a great sin. Uh, also the 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 Scully Mulder Polo uh sin made me laugh uh quite a bit. And then that is not where you give injection. This is never getting like randomly a lot of like boob sins, right? Because we had the one in Tron too. It's mm-hmm. like objects that look like boobs. That's becoming a yeah boobs. Yeah, we see them everywhere. I tried to. I remember I tried to get. I don't even remember what that was. I tried to get one in, and Danae's like, "I don't think that looks like boobs." I'm like, "Yeah, I think you're right." Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know that it's aired yet, so we'll, we'll uh, we maybe Has we'll come not? across it. I don't I know because I don't remember what it was. <laughs> it was um, it was a it was the solar systems. 
maybe that's is it what I thought maybe it was the op- it might be the opening of a Loki. Mm, but be. it was one where there were two solar systems and it was kind of zooming out and zooming in and kind of showing mm. us like the multiverse aspect, but it may actually be towards the end of the series. Yeah, could be. Could where be. where there's more of that. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is X-Files. Fight the future. Let's move on to keeping tabs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. I talk. Wow. Is this how Aaron feels? When we're. Okay. We're going to try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to talk about something else from putting together the week's content. Since I already hinted at mine, I will say, yeah, I had heard uh, in my past from a friend who worked a job at a nursing home that uh, the... um, our aged folks have a lot of sexual intercourse with each other uh, when they are in their older years. I mean, so I guess I, I like, did some what? research and I've I've heard that somewhere too. I've heard I've heard that like STDs are like so yes, prevalent. STDs and, and, like yeah. the the things that nursing homes have to stock that you wouldn't think of because they're mm-hmm. sexually related is a really interesting uh, thing. And you know I. There's this is not any kind of, you know, uh, elder shaming, sex shaming, any kind of thing. It's no, just hell not, no. have fun. Yeah. And, and <laughs> well, in well, honestly, 
if you think about it logically, it makes sense. You're at a time in your life where some of the consequences aren't as like you're not getting pregnant, you know, like you, you don't have to worry about that. And so, you know, um, you're you're towards the end of your life anyway, you, you know, like the whole have fun while you're still around kind of thing. Like it kind of makes sense. So I did some research and yeah, there are plenty of stories of nursing uh, home uh, attendees who are like, yes, this is. You know, six at least sixty percent of our population is just bed swapping, you know, with each other on a weekly basis, and it's just a big orgy in there. Um, not an orgy technically, <laughs> like because it's not like it's they're Ted's all together. But <laughs> that's yeah. Those are the stories. Is basically like you know. Um, it also sounds really friendly, right? Like they're all just into it, yeah. and they're just like you know, you know, I'm gonna go see Ted like, this what week. What am I gonna see- do with this body anymore? It's done all the things it's gonna do. That's right. Might as well. Is it a playground? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't. Yeah. I don't really want to get gonorrhea though. Like that doesn't sound pleasant. But sure. I mean, I guess they treat you immediately. But also, I'm at the end of my life, so might yeah. as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh-huh. We're we're in we're in care. They'll get to it. Let's just do all the things. I just that hope. I decided I hope not my daughter, to do. I just hope my daughter puts me in a nice nursing home. If that if that ends up being a thing that has to happen, I don't think it's like that, Jonathan. I don't think anybody's going to force you into their sex cult. I don't think that's what's going on at nursing homes. I think it's more of just you know the opportunity. I'll be like, hey, Kenzie, I hear that there's a lot of sex. So can you make sure it's the more attractive people or <laughs> this one I'm going to? Oh uh, yes, that's obviously a joke. Well, there you go. That's my keeping tabs. Uh, my gosh, Danae, what what is yours? Uh, I didn't have anything this week. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Oh, I well, I did some research with X Files. I did try to look up actually about. I tried to do some research on bees, and I really couldn't find anything other than yeah, that's bullshit. That would never happen. So I didn't really that nothing really came of that. That was interesting. One thing I did remember, I didn't really end up writing a sin about this. One thing I did remember was that uh, the Oklahoma City bombing was just a couple years prior to uh, this movie being released, and there the 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 kind of what kicks off everything, the inciting incident, is the bombing of a federal building. I remember at the time, like that was, I remember at the time there was some talk about that, that that was a little weird. Mm -hmm. And then I was doing some research on it and, um, I found out Carter really leaned in to like what were current conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Like he, he got this information, you know, and it's interesting too now because with a 2021 viewpoint on how prevalent conspiracy theories are in our lives, like how, like Mm -hmm. we have a whole, section of people that are not doing things because of what most people would consider conspiracies Mm -hmm. uh it's just i don't know it's just interesting to look back on that and see how he really did just lean into that stuff just so he would have for storytelling purposes not because he necessarily believed it right but with the oklahoma city bombing it was interesting because uh i mean it opens up with a bombing of a federal building it was in dallas it's not in oklahoma he wouldn't do that but uh, Timothy McVeigh, the guy responsible for the Oklahoma City bombing, he was a conspiracy theorist. And uh, Kurtzweil, which is the character that plays by Martin Landau, mm-hmm. um, R.I.P. Martin Landau. Um, at one point, he mentioned something about he says a silent weapon for a quiet war, which apparently was a parallel to things that McVeigh ranted about. Um, there's also the idea of FEMA. The the there's a that's a big central plot point in this that FEMA is really has a really strong foothold mm-hmm. and that they can do things like suspend the constitution. And 
that was something that McVeigh uh, ranted about and mm-hmm. a lot of people that had conspiracies like him. And then also the black helicopters. Yeah. Uh, that was a big, at that time especially, that was a huge conspiracy thing was that, you know, black helicopters meant that, you know, something right. was going down. So it, I don't know. It was just interesting. I, I didn't really do anything with it, but it was just interesting to read up on all that. Um, and the, it just, I don't know. It's interesting to me that they did do the federal bombing because that, and it really doesn't serve much of it. That's another thing about the movie. Um, and we send this, the idea that that's how they cover up those bodies from Texas is they put them in this building and blow it up. Just even for the X-Files, that seemed really far-fetched. And 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 also, that's what brings Mulder into it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't even think Mulder gets a whiff of this if it's not for that. So it, it's, I don't know, it just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's yeah. some weird choices were made in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, let's move into the comments section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to pull some feedback from you from different places around the internet. Uh, Could be the comments of the YouTube video. Could be from Discord or... uh, Possibly Apple reviews. Or Apple reviews. Um... With that in mind Which today. Which we haven't done for wait, a while. So, so, so wait, we're going to read people's reviews on eating apples? Yeah. <laughs> what is, I don't know what that has to do with yeah. us. but yes. What does eating an apple have to do with anything? Come on. It just makes you an again. asshole. That's what I was saying. All right, Danae, what, what do you got? Oh, sorry. I guess you There's were. even an apple uh, apple sin in one of the videos this week, wasn't there? About Tom and Jerry. Yeah, and the Tom and Jerry that... Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I was thinking... Yeah, it, Tom's eating an apple. Yes, it is in there. I was thinking there was one about actual apple company uh, having a bite of an apple. Oh, yes. That uh, was in Loki. In Loki, yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. So, yep. yes. Actual that apple was, reviews. That, yeah, that was about finding the right doodads to, to mm. plug in the whatchamacallit. And it yeah. was a, a beautiful sin on apple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. So, Danae, why don't you kick us off with some uh, some reviews of the podcast? So we haven't gone to Apple for reviews for a while. These actually do still help. I mean, people find podcasts in so many different yeah. places now, so it's potentially doesn't feel as important. But getting onto an Apple playlist is still a really big deal, and reviews are what drives those. So uh, all of the five-star reviews and stuff is super, super helpful. And then if you leave comments, that's helpful as well, or the actual written reviews, I should say. Um, this one comes from uh k one one nineteen twenty. who says finally with uh, five stars i have finally listened to all 77 episodes this was a while ago um and this has been so fun i'm trying to binge syncast but this was easier y'all have been so fun to listen to and it's so much fun to hear everything behind the videos that makes uh, that makes cinema sense tv sense music video sense um i've had have a hell of a good time listening this is great content nice wanted to say thanks for that this one is uh, from John, the Greninja trainer. Five stars, titled Kids. Yo, if there's ever a movie about my life, I'm currently a busser at a Texas roadhouse, so please add Kids Sin for every table with children that I've had to clean or moving (laughs) booster seats across half of the place. Would my movie deserve that many sins? Honestly, not out of the question. Oh, P.S. I love you guys. And also, until you sin Goodwill Hunting, I'm convinced it's perfect. Um, This happens to us all the time where somebody will comment on something and it's all suggestions. You know, we're still taking your five-star review, though. Uh, and we appreciate mm-hmm. it, even though yeah. it was all just suggestions wrapped inside of it. Um, there are uh, ones from Dowry, five stars, uh, a comment specifically on episode 81. 
There's one that we have just seen from Lost Lemon. Um, five stars says perfect compliment to the Sins universe. Nice. Starts I hope with they D. find. I hope they find their lemons. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not listening to BTS, you're only getting half the story is how that one ends. Mm. And the oh, most recent nice. one from uh, this month actually came from Easy Runner 33 who says, so much fun, five stars. I love every minute of listening to these humans. Aww. And we just appreciate you guys so much for going on to Apple and reviewing our podcast. Yeah, yeah. And if you listen elsewhere, feel free to review there as well. Those uh, help out wherever you listen. So uh, we do appreciate those ratings and reviews. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Jonathan, what about you? What's your comment section? Um, actually, uh, Aaron mentioned the uh, thing about Scully, and I actually, I actually did about Scully being a skeptic. And I found a there was the comment actually had to do with that. It was Carrie Thurman comment on the X Files movie and said, "You hit on something that was one of the main problems of the series. Scully saw weird shit week after week after week." And yet she would default back to square one skeptic in the next episode. It's like she didn't become more open-minded until Mulder departed the series. And suddenly she needed to step into the role of the person who initiated investigations that week's weird shit. So yeah, that is yeah, dead on. That is exactly right. That is exactly what they tried to do. They tried to transition her into the believer and bring her a skeptic. And uh, it just it never worked uh, as far as I was concerned. Um, my comment was from the Loki video. Sammy says, quoting uh, the video, why is no one bothered by the end of the world? And then Sammy says, my brain every day for two decades. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, feel you, Sammy. Feel you. Uh, all right, let's move into Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to chat about something else from the pop culture universe. Um, Jonathan, why don't you go first? So I'm going to talk about a TV show called Slasher. And what's interesting is that its fourth season premiered last night. And a lot of you listening probably haven't even heard of this damn show. And there's a reason for that. Um, This is a show that started years, like, I don't know, six or maybe six years ago. But it was on a TV channel that doesn't even exist anymore called Chiller. And then season two and three aired on Netflix. And season three, I think, was a couple years ago. And so this is season four is now on Shudder. Uh, so that is where you can watch it. But it is called Slasher. It is a it is an anthology series kind of in the vein of something like American Horror Story uh, where uh, there's a different like uh, a story each season. It does also like American Horror Story it uses a lot of the same actors. Um, it's probably mostly people you haven't heard of. Uh, it's a it's definitely it feels more like a like a it's a definitely I don't know. But anyways, um, uh, in each season, it's basically it's a it's basically a slasher film in a season. Um, and uh but it's also what I like about it is it's always it's a murder mystery, uh, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, and so season four, the first two episodes dropped on Shutter this week. Um, and I did not like the last season very much at all. In fact, I had a hard time really getting through it. Uh, but these first two episodes, if this is anything, if this is going to say if this is a if this is what the rest of the season is going to be like, this is probably going to be the best season of the show yet. Uh, so even if you haven't ever seen the show and you have Shutter and you just want to check it out, you could totally start with season four because it doesn't matter. Like, uh, but I but if you can find if the first and second season are available, I don't know if they're all in Shutter now. I really don't know. They might be some still on Netflix. But um, I mean, the first couple seasons are worth checking out too. I would just I would personally skip three, but you do you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, but this season, so this starts off. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's just a really interesting premise. It's these uh, very wealthy uh, individual, this wealthy family 
where it's one of those things where the dad has clearly the the clearly made all the money and the good decisions and he has a lot you know kids that maybe uh just are waiting to collect that you know uh uh, inheritance and, uh, and a, and a second wife that's doing the same. And, um, and he, they, when they were younger, he would put them through these, um, contests every year where they would do like these, they would have to do like these events and winner takes all basically whatever that prize was. And so now that he's about to die, he is doing it, making them do another game and whoever wins gets the entire inheritance. Uh, nobody else will get any part of it. So that's kind of the setup. And then, uh, and then a, and then a killer shows up and people start getting off. I will say if you are not, and I am not a gore person, so I will say this show does not shy away from that. Um, I will say unlike American horror story, <clears throat> there does seem to be a little more craft involved. Um, it, it does seem to be more of like, they're just having fun with effects and, and all that. So if you are into like really creative effects and stuff, um, I think I think you will enjoy that aspect of it. That is my least favorite part of it, but I just kind of like I know when something's about to happen, so I just kind of look away and then I'll get back into it. Because what I do like is I do like the murder mystery aspect of it. I do like the story that they and this one seems really interesting, and I'm really curious about uh, where it's going to go. So I thought it was worth mentioning. But that is called that slasher season four. I think it's subtitled Flesh and Blood. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's just fun. It feels very like it's. It feels very like with the with the setting and everything. It feels very Agatha Christie like, you know. Nice. Um, if she, if she ever wrote a slasher film, which a lot of slasher films owe a lot of debt to Agatha Christie, because the end then there were none. Uh, you know, plotline is is used in a lot of them. So, but anyways, I don't know. I'm having fun with it, uh, so I thought I'd mention it. And All it's right. on. It's like I said, it's only on Shutter currently. Uh, f- the first three seasons are on Netflix. Uh, it appears. Okay, cool. So, uh, and then the fourth season is on Shutter. Um, if if my information is correct, Danae, what about you? What's your uh, I beyond the sense? Don't have a lot that I am doing outside of my job mm-hmm. and uh, the fun that I'm having on Wild RP right now. My whole life has been consumed by video games. <laughs> so uh, follow me on Twitch at Danae says. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the Green Knight. Um, I watched cool. this movie two weeks ago. And I'm still thinking about it. It is one of those mm-hmm. kind of movies. And I think my review on Letterboxd after I watched it, if if you don't know what this is, this is David Lowry, right, uh, is the, yeah, the director. Yeah. And it's his take on an old uh, Arthurian tale of um, mm-hmm. Sir, they say Gawain in the movie, but that, I don't think mm-hmm. that's actually how they say it in the book, but it doesn't matter. Um, they actually say it a couple different ways in the movie, which is Chris and I were talking about that. When we did the mini pod. Oh, interesting. You know. um, so anyhow, I uh, when I when I watched this on Letterboxd, I basically just said, I don't know what to think of this yet. Give me some time. And then a week later, I added still waiting. Uh, and so I may have to update again today because I think I'm finally ready to land that this is an inc- that this is really an incredible piece of art. Um, does that mm-hmm. make it a great movie? That is up to the viewer, I think. Um, but as far as an artistic expression, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, and for me, it's meaningful. Um, I think I have landed that what I take away from this movie is about adulting, and that it's a movie about um, leaving the nest, and there's a lot of thematic stuff about you know a parent wanting a child to find their own story, find their own way, you know, those kind of things, um, and experience things. And it's also I fa- about choices. It is it's about definitely choices. About, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think specifically the choices of 
the young. Like the, there's an idea mm-hmm. of, you know, how do you make choices when you don't have a lot of life experience? Um, and, you're, you know, you're trying to figure things out. Uh, I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's absolutely incredible. I think the performances are amazing. I love, love, love the ending of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. It is open-ended in a way that I really, really dig. Uh, and I think purposeful for the themes that I'm pulling out of it. Yeah, I'm landing on loving this movie, and I think I could have guessed that that's where I was headed, but honestly, I really did need two weeks to reminisce uh, on this film and to figure it out. Now, I didn't need this long with Ghost Story. I loved Ghost Story the first time I saw it, uh, which is another Lowry Mm -hmm. film, Um, and I think I just locked into those themes a little bit better the first time through. I think this one's a little more confusing, uh, can feel a little more abstract, and uh, I think it also requires information that is not in the film to fully understand it, uh, which is a choice. Um, but again, you don't have to fully understand something to love it, and that you know that that may be part of what's going on here too. I, I find movies that make me ponder for this long uh, to be worthwhile just for that reason, and it's even better when I land on. Um, you know, things that I, that I really love about them. So I wanted to mention the green Knight again, if you're not interested in going to movie theaters, totally get it. Um, they are this, that actually, this is only, oh, I heard about this. Th- this is only good information for our sin club members. I apologize. Hey, another reason to join huh. the sin club. Um, <laughs> but by the time you hear this, if you're not a sin club member, uh, it will be in the past August 18th, uh, which is a Wednesday. Ah. So this releases the day after this. Uh, they are going to do to stream this movie for one night only, um, and then it'll be back only in theaters. Um, so our Sin Club members who are watching live right now uh, can put this on their calendar, and our Sin Club members who get the episode a day early uh, can put this on their calendar. My guess is it's not going to be much longer though. Till I would think so. I would because it's think been so. out for a, a month or whatever, a few weeks. But if, if you are weeks. hearing this on the you know podcast uh, feed. Um, you're, it's just in theaters currently, but hopefully it'll be streaming soon. I but, yeah. saw this, uh, the theater, our art house theater, Belcourt, they, uh, they stopped doing the limited capacity. So when me and my friend, uh, Dave went and saw this, uh, it was a sold out screening. I had not been in a sold out sh- screening in, mm-hmm. I don't know how long at this point, because, <laughs> because I tend to go see, I don't even tend to, when I, when movies were, you know, when this whole pandemic wasn't even happening, um, I usually went at times purposefully where it wasn't sold out. So it's it's probably been a couple years for me at least. So that was a little weird, but no, I loved it. Uh, and if you want to hear more about what I have to say about it, uh, there's a mini pod in the Sincast yeah. feed with uh, me and Chris talking about it. Chris really liked it too. Uh, but when you talk about that ending and we talk about this on the podcast in the spoiler section, I'm definitely not going to say what the line is, but that final line and the way it's delivered is an all timer in my opinion. Like that's a, Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's like great. a some like it hot or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah, just it's, it's just one of those. It ends on a perfect note. I will say the one section, even though I love I love Alicia Vikander, uh, and um, she plays two roles in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that's publicly known. I don't think that's given anything away. And then, uh, but there's a scene with her second role, and she and her and Joel Edgerton, who are both very good in the movie. But I will say that section didn't really. I don't know. I got a little taken out. There's especially there's one scene that involves substance on somebody's hand mm-hmm. that kind of took me out for a, for a second, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. But other than that, I thought it was, and, and maybe the next time I watch it, I'll be like, Oh, that makes total sense. But I, 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 feel I just like, love the setup. No, no, no. I get it. And I get why it might be, you know, off putting or those kind of things, but I, I do. It wasn't th- even off putting. It was just weird. <laughs> 
a lot of this movie is weird though like that's true but no i get it i I totally get what you're saying i actually Mm. think it makes sense with the story he's trying to tell and it probably does and i maybe i'll get that next time i watch it i was just a little confused as to what happened to get us to that point so that's what <laughs> well, let took me, me tell out you of how the movie. it works uh jonathan no 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 but i'm saying I, but i don't know who's doing what to who no, or if no, someone is doing something to themselves i you know what i'm saying like little it was just Shanta a little Day's face right now is just the best yeah. she's just like I'm, I'm i'll tell just... I'll, we'll tell if you want you're not going to watch this so we'll tell you about it out, off air but um but yeah, but I love just the setup of this is so beautiful. I, think I just love. I'm just gonna say it. I it's think not it's poop. not. It's not. It oh, is okay. not. Okay. Poop. okay. The setup of this is so beautiful. Though I just love the idea that like you know the the setup of the Green Knight coming in and you know he's mm-hmm. just like you can strike me however you want. Mm-hmm. And then and, 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 you yeah. know so it's just the choice the choices that are made from that point. Uh, we're just I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's a fascinating movie, and I do love Ghost Story probably more, but I do like Deb Patel. A lot more than I like Casey Affleck. So there you go. I I will say Depp Patel in this is just like that dude. That dude's amazing. So that's the Green Knight, uh, which is in theaters currently. Slasher, which is on Netflix, and the new season on Shutter, and Shameless Self Promotion from Danae, which is on Twitch. That's, That's going to do it yeah. for Behind the Sins this yeah. week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed yeah. and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, you can mail it to P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri 65738. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-N-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Lewis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, a conspiracy boob, and myself, we will see you next week. <laughs> Happy National Sandcastle and Sculpture Day. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. So they're really hitting back to school stuff. Your mom's hitting back to school stuff. (laughs) It's so hard not to do your mom jokes with you two because I know you guys aren't really into them, but (laughs) it's hard. Sometimes I can't resist. Sometimes your mom can't resist. There you go. (laughs) You guys are recording? Let's talk about car trouble, shall we? Listen, here's the thing with, like, there's always a next step. And we are, like, in the process of buying a car for our young Well, he's buying a car. We're fronting him some of the money. Um, And so we're getting that car all set. And then... Uh, you know, one of my boys blew out an engine, and so we're we're trying to find a replacement vehicle for him, and he's going off to college in two weeks, and it's just like, now we're at the inspection, and now we're at the DMV, and now it's just like, and now the sunroof won't close, and <laughs> it's just like, that was, that was my night last night, was out standing in the rain with my son in his new truck, with the sunroof not being able to close while it's pouring rain and the rain's just coming oh inside the truck. It's just it like... was such a massive storm, too. It was. It was a huge storm. It was storm. insane. What a terrible time. He's just like, oh, I've got a new truck to play with. He's like, what's the sunroof do? Oh, that's cool. It opens all the way up and it won't close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we moved into our house, um, there is a teeny tiny little gap between the grout of the tile and the tub. And so I know if I don't do something about that gap now, like putting some of that mm-hmm. clear caulk in it or whatever, mm-hmm. that it's going to turn into a big problem later. 
And yeah, like so, I just described. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I have purchased it. I just haven't done it because I've never caulked anything before. I'm really yeah. trying to pronounce the L. I'm really <laughs> I can trying. Hear that. I can hear that. I'm caulking, caulking. Um, <laughs> it's caulk. No. It is. It's caulk. I want to caulk a tub. There you go. That's what it is. <laughs> that Wouldn't so Justin cheeky. need to cock it, though, if if one of you was going to cock it? He that does would be have Justin, more cock right? experience than yes. I do, technically. Actually, no. In this case, we both are cockless no, I'm saying, <laughs> in our experience. I'm saying if he if you're going to cock the tub. Oh. As opposed to think, cock. 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 I was, I was joking. Oh, because oh, be, because oh. Justin, It's an awesome sound. Because mm-hmm. Justin has a penis, Danae. Oh, okay. Ooh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but but it is cool now. I mean, with YouTube and and I mean, there are there are positives with YouTube and stuff because mm-hmm. I've definitely learned how to do some minor things. Just especially when it comes to like outdoor stuff, like gardening or not gardening, but uh, keeping up with mm-hmm. like uh, shrubs and stuff like that. Like I've you know you could just look up some stuff. You guys you guys have a mine? A what? A mine? What are you I don't mining? Know what that is. Oh, you said you you looked up on YouTube how to do some minor things. So I didn't know. If- ha! Yes, we have a mine. We have a mine in our backyard. We're uh, producing some coal. I was looking up pickaxe, pickaxe uh, technique. I don't like. I'm gonna watch Friday the Thirteenth films. I mean, I'm sure I've done that, but it's not something I I think about. Like, I guess. Yeah, I'm kind of the same with like the movie Groundhog Day on Groundhog Day. It's like if I think about it, yeah. I'll pop it in because I love the movie yeah. or whatever. But it's not like necessarily something I make a big deal about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- but thirteen's my favorite number, and I obviously I like spooky stuff. So it's just it's kind of a cool. It's just kind of fun. It's just a you know I but I have fun with it. I don't I don't like I don't take it seriously anything. I just I just think it's fun, and I I'll usually tweet like a Friday the Thirteenth GIF or something, which I did today. Uh, you know, so I just have yeah. fun with it. I think it's fun, and people get people start throwing out their Friday the Thirteenth rankings on Twitter and stuff. I don't know. It's just kind of funny, and it's one of those it's one of those days that is. I mean, it's not random technically, but it feels random because it pops mm-hmm. up at different months yeah, different like times there's not, it's there's not going to be another one till may i think is the next yeah one. so next year obviously so yeah that's always a fun part of it too i feel like that we should do more of those kind of holidays i feel like we should have more holidays that only occur when a certain date you know happens on a certain yeah. day kind of thing um you know like monday the third or something you know it should just be anytime that happens we all get the day off work how fun would that be if it were like like a random actual day off work holiday kind of thing that would be interesting um maybe i'm alone on that i'm getting no response <laughs> welcome to behind the behind the sins thank you for joining us josh jcd nick tom see you all hanging out in the chat already nannerpuss <laughs> nannerpuss wow nannerpuss. that was loud i was sorry yeah oh shouted that right sorry. Into <laughs> sorry aaron was that a little loud for you aaron did that hurt your ears Nanner puss. Nanner puss. So it's a fun word to say, right? It's like it's hard. I don't. I didn't know I what know. the hell that was either. I, I had a friend that called his grandma Nanner, so it's a little weird. It's. A, I it's, meant to do research on it, and then I just. I mean, I feel not like to. Nanner is banana, but the puss part really confuses me. We should talk about it probably well, when we're recording. Yes, it yes. We should, yeah, we should really keep excited. this in the show. Really, I'm, that's the one I'm most excited to hear your favorite sense from. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes, likewise. Yes, well, we I wrote so many down. I did too. You, we are we wow. are talking about this so much. I may have to just cut this into the show. <laughs> just be like, no, I can do this again. When we get to it, I'll be like, I'm so excited about how many sins. I am too. Now. What is the puss? <laughs> uh, oh, octopus. What is the puss? Oh, oh, Josh. God, Josh, that, got it. Josh, okay, thanks okay, for. Okay. 
Thanks for not just wait, saying you're wait, idiots. You guys didn't know that? <laughs> no, no clue. Never I thought, thought about, about it. it that deeply. I was thinking about it being the undercarriage of the banana. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we what thought Denny's. First of all, <laughs> we thought Denny's was making vaginal references. Even if it's not an octopus reference, hey. puss is a fi- means face. Like it means face before it means like there's oh, no yes no yes no. so so no. that it's like puss in boots is face in boots. Well, yeah. that's cat. That in that case it means feline. Oh, so you're not so, so you're not making other... any sense. Like, well, in this case it doesn't mean face, but usually it means. <laughs> face. What are you no saying? Words mean no different one things. <laughs> oh my um, god! Wow, we are off to a good start. I once went to someone's house. Good job. And their dad told me that they were having... <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> he tells me, my dad is a very straightforward, you know, honest guy. Uh, just if he has something to say, it's just what he has to say. There's no storytelling. My storytelling comes from my mother for, cer- for certain. But anyways, he says that the only thing he's ever said no to was when he was in Mexico and someone handed him a rat on a stick, but the rat still had fur on it. And that's oh, the only yeah, reason no. he didn't eat it. No. Is because he's like, I, I'm not eating. I'm just not. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> not, not doing oh, it. God. Oh, ugh, yeah. not going to do like, it. Like something from an Indiana Jones movie or something, you know, and he's just like, oh, no, I'm yeah. okay. But usually he, he always would try something, even if it yeah. still had claws and Never stuff know if and, you're gonna and, like and it. looked very animal like, you know, if even it's if it still appeared to be the exact creature that you are eating. But the fur just hard. No. Rats with the fur. With the fur. (laughs) Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 